0: And uh, so, uh, let's get in it today. One One of the most basic claims of Christianity is that God speaks to people. One of the basic claims of our faith as a church is we believe here at the bridge that God speaks to people. All through the Bible, you see the phrase, and God said. And God said, and after a while, you get the idea that, hey man, God really does speak to people, and you may also get the idea that something's wrong with you because you're thinking, he never says anything to me. So we're going to talk about that in this series. We know this, we know without a doubt that God wants to have an intimate, deep, personal relationship with us. Don't we know that? We know that. There's no doubt about that, that God wants to have that kind of relationship with us. And there is no way there can be a relationship of any kind without communication. So God has chosen to speak to us so he can have an intimate relationship with us. The problem is, Communication can be easily misunderstood, can it? I mean, just think about it. For instance, uh, sometimes Millie speaks to me, and uh, I don't hear it, and that's not good. It's not good. And sometimes she speaks to me, and I misunderstand it. Let me tell you guys today, there are two things you need to understand about women and nobody knows what either one of them is. Nobody knows. But, <clears throat> okay, so write that down. So if you've got that much difficulty communicating with your wife, who you spend your entire life with, and you love, and you know, and still we don't always communicate clearly, how in the world could we expect to not have communication problems when it comes time for God to speak to us. Of course, we're going to have some problems. I want to start out by saying that, quite frankly, I'm very skeptical of people who always have a clear word from the Lord. I really am. People who come up and, you know, God told me to tell. You ever had somebody come up and say, God told me to tell you? Well, the way I kind of look at that is God doesn't really need you to come tell, because he can tell, isn't that right? And, and so really be careful with that. I'm not, I'm not going to say that never happens, but I got to tell you something. When I hear from people over and over again, God told me, God told me, God said, God said, I got to tell you something, man. I've been serving God since I was seven years old. They got a hook up I don't have. And, and so you got to be very careful with that because some very ridiculous things have been said And some very ridiculous things have been done by people who say, God spoke to me. Now, some people think, let me go ahead and get this straight. Some people think that pastors always understand exactly what God wants us to do. And I'm here to make you feel better and tell you that is not true. That sometimes I am just as confused as you are. Don't y'all feel good about that? to know that your pastor is totally confused about what God is saying. Amen? <laughs> but some pastors, uh, when, they, when they feel like people think that about them, uh, they use that. They use that, and they say, you know, they say things they want, and, and they try to control people. As a matter of fact, I found out in the church world that is one of the major control things that people use, is they come up to you and say, God told me you know, that our church needs to do so and so. Well, how do you argue with that? I mean, how do you come back on that? So you're not going to do that? And I mean, God told us to do it. And you're not going to do that? I mean, I've had that a bunch of times. Um, here's what I have quite often is God laid on my heart that our church ought to have this ministry. Here you go. I'm going to eat lunch. You know, here's the way I look at that. If God put it on your heart, You're probably gonna head that bad boy up. You're probably gonna be the director of that. Matter of fact, you will be the director of that. So if you were gonna bring that to me today, you better have your stuff together because I'm about to put you to work. But it's amazing the people who, who come up and say stuff like that. And then when you look at them, go, all right, what are we gonna do? I mean, God put it on you. And they look at you like, no, no, man, I just, give, I just have the great ideas. You guys have to do all the ministry. How many of you know it don't work like that? don't work like that. If God spoke it to you, then, then that's your deal. On the other hand, you know, I, I, I don't always know what God is saying clearly. And, uh, uh, again, I'm just as confused as everybody else is sometimes about what God is saying. But, but on the other hand, there are times in my life when God speaks to me. And I have no doubt at all that he's speaking to me. I have no doubt about it. It's kind of like when Millie calls me and I pick up the phone and say, hello, the first word out of her mouth, I know who she is. Nobody has to, I don't have to listen to her talk for a few minutes and then look at my um, identification deal on my phone and go, who is this woman? I know who she is. When I hear her voice, uh, it's very clear. You know, Jesus said, uh, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. There are times when God speaks to me as a pastor and as a Christian and as a follower of Jesus, and again, I know it's him putting that idea in my mind. I know that it's him impressing me or guiding me. I know where it's coming from. Nothing, nothing is more important to you than understanding this morning that God wants to talk to you. God wants to talk to you and you can actually hear him if you just tune in. And we're going to talk about that tuning in today and what that means. In Luke 8, 8, Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let me ask y'all something. Is that clear right there? Look, can we give it up for our media team? That right there is crystal clear right there, isn't it? The media team knows how to communicate, don't they? And so Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. If you want to know where we're going to be taking our text from for this whole sermon series throughout the month of April, it will be from Luke 8. And we're going to talk about uh, the various soils that God, uh, the the seed that was sown. So, So what God's saying here, what Jesus is saying here is get your ears on. Get your ears on and get tuned in to hear him speak. Right now, in this room, there are all kinds of uh, radio and wireless waves going through this room. And uh, it's not real clear. Uh, uh, which one, you, you, you remember um, You remember back in the old days, The uh, and some of y'all probably still have those, the landlines with the wireless phones, and if you couldn't get it on one channel, you'd move it over to another channel, maybe it'd be a little bit fuzzy on one channel, you could move it over to another channel, and, and there probably is still a way you can do that with some of these wireless devices, I don't understand all that stuff, but you could move it over and then suddenly it got crystal clear, and again, right now in this room, there are radio waves, And if you have the right device, if you have the right device, you could hear those waves. But if you don't have the right device to tune in to those waves, then uh, you're not going to hear them. You wouldn't be able to get uh, the communication without them. Many times... God has spoken to you, but it hasn't come through very clear. You're hearing something. You're sensing something. Maybe there's something that's on your heart. You can't get it off your heart, but you're not clear on how to move forward with that. You you feel like God's impressing something, but you're not ready to take a step yet because it's still a little bit fuzzy, Um, Uh, Your reception's not quite tuned in. And that's what Jesus is talking about to us in Luke 8, this parable where Jesus is saying to us, he's saying, hey guys, listen up, let me explain to you that it's all about your spiritual attitude, it's all about your mental attitude as to whether or not you're going to be able to hear what I'm trying to say to you. What we're going to do in this series is I'm going to give you four essential factors, four tools that will determine whether or not you're able to hear God's voice with clarity. And let me just reemphasize how important this is. Because when you're able to talk to God and then turn around and God is able to speak back to you, listen to what happens. When that happens, when you can get that working in your life, then God's able to direct your life. God's able to give you direction. God's able to keep you, and this is a big one for me, I don't know about you, but he's able to keep you from making some mistakes. He's able to keep you from making some big blunders in your life if you can get on that wavelength, and that's what we're going to talk about, how to do that. Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get anxious, and uh, sometimes I get fearful, and sometimes I get worried. And if I can get in tune with God, he's able to lower that anxiety. He's able to bring comfort to me. Uh, When I'm I'm in communion with God and union with God, um, he is able to uh, reveal to me his presence in in my life. And and I love coming here on Sunday morning because I feel God's presence. But I have to tell you something. You can sense the presence of God in your car You can sense the presence of God at work. How many of you know you need God where you work? Amen, amen. You can sense the presence of God in your home. You can sense the presence of God as a parent. You can sense the presence of God in assisting you with your marriage. But we've got to get connected. We've got to get on the same wavelength with him. He will not only make us aware of his presence, but he'll also make us aware of his power in our life and his provision for us. So in Luke 8, Jesus basically tells them about a farmer who goes out to sow seed and his seed landed on different types of soil. Now, there is still um, farmers still today, uh, even in America and other places, they usually have machinery to do this. It's not done by hand much anymore, but, but there's what is called broadcasting seed. And so, back in the old days, and especially in the Middle East, they would wear a pouch on their side and it would be full of seed, and they would walk down a row. Uh, that had been prepared for them and they would broadcast this seed. They would sow this seed. And so what Jesus does here is he's taking something they're familiar with and uh, he is relating that to their spiritual life. Now, it's important to know that he doesn't sow the seed, the farmer doesn't, until he has broken up the ground, until he has tilled the ground. The Bible talks about Fallow ground. Y'all ever heard that word? Fallow ground, it means hard, crusty ground. And so we have to allow the Holy Spirit to break up the fallow ground. It's It's like if a farmer is battling drought, if a farmer's battling drought and he hears a rain is coming one of the things that uh, farmers uh, like to do and will do because they know it helps if they can, if the crop is not too far along, is they'll get out there and break that soil up because they know if the soil is broken up that the, it will absorb the rain, it will absorb the moisture. And so I want you to see the spiritual implication here. I want you to see it for your life. Because Jesus is making this direct correlation with the sowing of seed, the broadcasting of seed, and he's asking these people to say, uh, to ask themselves, to evaluate themselves, and say, what kind of soil am I? What kind of soil am I? Jesus tells them that there are four soils. That's what we'll talk about in this series, the four kinds of soils, that represent four kinds of spiritual and mental attitudes. Not four kinds of people. Not four kinds of people. Because all of us, every one of us, and you look real holy this morning, you really do. But all of us have been these kinds of soil at different times in our life. So we'll walk through it in this series. Uh, Sometimes we're very open to God. Sometimes we're very sensitive to God. Sometimes we're focused on God. And there's some times in our life when we're very close. So what must I do to hear God speak to me? What must I do to hear God speak to me? Here's what we're going to talk about today. Number one: I must prepare my mind and my heart. If I'm going to hear from God, I must prepare this is your responsibility. This is not God's responsibility. Now, God will partner with you, and God will do this work in you, but you have the responsibility of preparing your mind and your heart to receive, to receive. So here's the question. Do you have, right now, sitting in here, a desire to hear from God? So there's your first evaluation question. This is introspection. You're looking into your heart this morning. You're looking at yourself. Do I have a desire? Do I want to hear from God? Because that's very important that the answer to that be yes. Are you eager to hear from God? Are you receptive? If God wanted to uh, speak to you this morning, if God wanted to impress you, if God wanted to put an idea in your mind Are you receptive to that? In order to hear from God, you have to be ready and you have to be willing to hear God. Now, let's talk about three kinds of people who are probably here today. Number one, there's some people here today who have not yet believed. You haven't believed on Christ yet. You haven't received Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and you're just seeking some answers. That's fine, man. You know why that's so fine? Because I used to be... Like that. Everybody's sitting around you. If you're here today and you don't buy into all this yet, you don't buy into the whole Bible, church, Jesus, God thing, but there's some stuff going on in your life and you heard about the bridge so you thought you would just come out here, you know, you're kind of like, okay, I'm going to go check that out. Hey, listen, we welcome you. We are glad you're here. And you do not have to believe in order to feel like you belong here. Do we? A- Amen, church? Y'all with me on that? We are so glad you're here, and we want you to keep coming because we're not going to try to force anything on you. We want you to just keep coming, keep listening, keep looking at the words of the song, keep listening to the pastor, go in our bookstore, pick up some books. We're going to have a book available next week on this sermon series uh, uh, about hearing God. Henry Blackaby, y'all ever read anything by him? Awesome, awesome author, author and writer. And so uh, we'll have that book for you next week. And we hope even as an unbeliever, if you're not yet ready to believe, that you'll pick that up and do some investigation. Here's what Jesus said to Pilate. Y'all remember this, I've preached it so many times. Jesus said to Pilate, any man who wants to know who I am, I'll tell him. I'll tell him. I'll reveal myself to that guy. I'll manifest myself to him. So, so we speak to those of you who are checking out the claims of Christ today, and we want you to know you're welcome. Uh, the second person who, who's here today is a new believer, a new believer. Um, maybe last Sunday was Easter and you gave your heart to Christ and, and you're kind of scared. <laughs> you're kind of petrified. You're kind of like, what did I do? I'm not sure what I did, you know, and I don't know what this means, and uh, uh, you know, those other people who gave their heart to Jesus, they held them underwater last Sunday. So, I mean, what is this all about? You know, and so, so you're a new believer, and, and you're checking things out, and you're learning as you go. And there are others here today who are seasoned believers, seasoned believers. And uh, as a matter of fact, I prefer seasoned citizen. All you old people out there, don't y'all prefer seasoned citizen rather than senior citizen? So when I go in McDonald's, um, there's sometimes I want to be old and sometimes I don't want to be old, but when the food gets cheaper, then I like being old. (laughs) And let me just give you a little hint. If when you go in McDonald's and and they're not sure if you're a senior citizen and you want to get in on that deal, just make noises like this, (sighs) just make noises like that, and they'll just go, all right, all right, all right, you know. So, I use it all the time. It's awesome. I wish you could use it when you're booking a cruise. Anyway, um, so seasoned believers, some of you here today, you've been following Christ for many years. I want you to hear me. I want want those of you who haven't believed yet. I want those of you who are new in your walk with Christ. I want you to hear me. Those of you who are seasoned citizens, uh, seasoned saints, seasoned Christians, I want you to listen to me. If I were to ask you, have you ever heard God speak to you? Have you ever heard God speak to you? Many of you would say, even those of you who are new Christians, even those of you who are seasoned Christians, some of you would say, I can't think of a single time in my life where I ever actually heard God speak to me. Some of you would say, if I were honest, Pastor, I mean, Pastor, I could make it up, but if I were honest, I would have to say that I don't even remember a time when I was sure that God was even impressing something in my mind. So we're going to talk about that. Now, why would that be true? Why is that true, that as a follower of Jesus, you would have to make that statement that I've never heard God speak to me, I, I don't. I don't understand why he hasn't spoken to me. One possible reason is that you've never been open to the possibility of hearing from God. You've got to prepare your mind to receive. You've got to prepare your mind to receive. Maybe you didn't even know it was possible. You know, um, our church is growing And one of the groups that we've noticed where our church is growing is in people who used to be in church and got out of church for a long time uh, because of different reasons, and now they're coming back to church. And we're very, very happy about that, and we're very, very glad that you're here, but you may have come out of a church that never would talk about this, what we're talking about today, that God speaks to people. Um, You may come out of a church that just really um, didn't believe in um, open uh, manifestation of God in your life or the voice of God in your life. You kind of always had to go to the pastor or you always had to go to a priest or you always had to go to a spiritual superior to, to hear from God. And here's what I'm telling you today is if you come to me and we're talking and I feel like God gives me some wisdom to share. I'm going to share that with you. Here's what I'm here to tell you today. You don't have to come to me to hear from God. You don't have to come to me. I'm telling you that your line to God is just as direct as my line. Pastor, can I just go and preach this morning? Some pastors imply to congregations that you got to come to me, and I'm going to tell you what that is. That's carnal, because it gives him control. Can I preach like that? And any pastor, any preacher, any spiritual leader who even implies to you that you don't have the access to God that he has or the access to God that she has, I'm telling you, alarm bells ought to be going off in your head because you are a part of the priesthood just like Pastor Farrell is. Uh, you can read all about that in the in the scriptures. We are part of that priesthood, the book of Hebrews, where we don't have to come to somebody who will get us to God. You have absolute direct access to God. How awesome is that? How incredible is that? So, so maybe you're here today and you didn't even know if it was possible that God even wanted to talk to you or speak to you, or maybe you, you didn't believe in that kind of thing. And, and here's the deal. If you've got a closed mind because of some bad teaching. If you've got a closed mind because of some bad teaching and your heart is not ready, your mind is not ready to receive, it's going to be very, very difficult for God to get through to you what he wants to get through to you. So let's look at what Jesus said. Let's look at what Jesus said in the book of Luke. Uh, Luke, do you all remember what Luke's occupation was? He was a doctor. Luke was a doctor. So let's look at what... um, Let's look at what Jesus said in Luke 8 5. Jesus said, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. The birds of the air devoured it. Now, I want you to look what Jesus does because this verse in Luke 8 is direct correlation to verse 12 in Luke 8. Y'all with me out there? So let's go to verse 12, and look what it says. Jesus also said, those along the path are like people. Those along the path are like people. So Jesus uses this farming analogy, and then he brings it right home to say, now what I'm talking about is you. Jesus goes, I'm talking about you. Those along the path are like people who hear and then the, Jesus believed in the devil. Then the devil comes along and takes away the word from their hearts. Why? So they cannot believe and be So the enemy doesn't want you to hear from God. So the enemy's gonna come along in every way he can think of so you don't hear from God on every farm, every garden. By the way, uh, we're coming up on garden season. Amen? Don't forget your pastor. Now when I'm gone, the staff can have some stuff, but right now I'm still here. So bring on the squash. Okay. Um, so, every farm, every garden, your yard. How many of y'all like to work in the yard? How many of y'all don't like to work in the yard, but you have to work in the yard? Amen, I'm with y'all. I'm with that second group. Um, there are different kinds of soils in your garden. If you're farmers, and, and my wife's uh, family, they're all farmers, and I grew up farming. How many of y'all grew up farming, know something about farming out there? You know there are different kinds of soil. You know that when you're working on your yard, there are different kinds of soil. You know when you're working on your garden, so pastor, I have fresh stuff in the summer. Y'all were supposed to say amen to that right there. So I'm going to just trust that you're right, and you were writing that down right there while I was saying that. So you know what Jesus is talking about here when he says different soils. Now you know in a garden there's a footpath that the farmer or the gardener or the person working on the yard um, uh, would walk down, and and he would walk down that row and sow the seed out on the land that had been broken up, that had been tilled. Now, there are two characteristics of a footpath in a garden or a a field, a crop. There are two characteristics of a footpath. Now, Now, remember what we're talking about We're talking about your heart being ready to receive the word, the seed. And the characteristics of a footpath are that, first of all, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard where the farmer walks, where the gardener walks in the garden is very compacted, it's very hard because of the constant traffic of people walking up and down that area. It's not uh, usually very fertile, it's not receptive, it's not tealed and broken up like the rest of the garden or the field is. It's hard and crusty. The other thing about a footpath is it's very narrow, it's very narrow. So Jesus is describing this kind of soil here in Luke 8 and 5. And then in verse 12, he says, it's like people. It's like people. So he's tying the soil directly to us. So the question is, do you know somebody like that? Do you know somebody like that? Somebody who's closed-minded, narrow-minded, hard-hearted, not open to the possibility God might speak to them. As a result, Jesus says, the farmer sows seed, but it can't penetrate the soil. The word is there, the seed is there, but it can't get through. The soil is so hard, the soil is so compacted, it can't take root. The seed can't germinate because it can't get down in the soil. It can't sprout it just lays on the surface of the ground and then the birds come along and eat it up. It never, that seed, that word from God, never even has a chance because of the nature of the soil. Jesus makes, again, that direct correlation to the human heart, and he's speaking to us this morning, uh, saying to us he doesn't even get a chance to get in our mind because our minds are closed. He doesn't even have a chance to speak to our hearts because our hearts are hardened. We're unwilling to listen. We're unwilling to listen. We've already decided what we're going to do, so we don't really want to hear from God. Now, in closing, do you all trust me this morning? In closing, I want to give you three things very quickly that cause you to not be able to receive the word and have a hard, crusty heart. I want to give you three things. Number one, number one is pride. Pride. What causes us to have a closed mind? Pride. When you think, listen listen carefully to this now. I don't need God. I got this. I got this. When pastor calls those days of prayer and fasting, I really don't participate in that. Because I got to tell you, man, I don't really need it. I don't really need to hear from God. I can make my own business decisions. So far, I've done real good. So, you know, I can make my own business decisions. I, I don't really... Uh, need him uh, to help me know what to say to my children because, I mean, I'm doing a good job. My kids are okay. I know how to handle my relationships. I know how to handle my marriage. You young people out there, you know, I know how to ace this test. I'm smart. I don't really need to pray about that. I don't really need to seek God about that. When you think that way, that's pride. That's pride in your life. And it's going to prevent you from hearing from God. Anytime you fail to pray about something, you're basically saying, I don't need God on this. I don't need God on this. I can handle it on my own. I can solve it. I can settle this mess. I can correct this error. I can resolve this conflict. I don't need God. And the Bible calls that pride and pride will prevent you from hearing God. It closes your mind. The word, listen, the seed can't get in. It can't, the word of God can't get in. It can't germinate. The word of God can't sprout in you. The word of God, listen, listen, listen. The word of God can't produce fruit in you because of pride. We say, I've got this, I've got it, I think I've got it all figured out. And so what we do when that kind of process is in our mind is we don't pray and we don't ask God for help. Pride. Number two is fear. Here's another thing that will make your heart hard, that will make the soil of your heart hard, fear. Now here's what I mean by that. You're afraid that if you do open your heart to God, what he might say. You're afraid what he might say. I mean, here's some things I wrote down. What if I pray or open my mind to God and God tells me to do something I don't want to do? I mean, if God tells me to do something I don't want to do, now I've got disobedience on my hands. Isn't it better for me not to know? He might tell me to do something hard. I can hear that one in a whiny voice, can't you? It's hard. He might tell me to do something hard. Hey, he might tell me to do something that's unpopular with most people. He might tell me to do something I can't do or that I don't want to do, so I'm afraid to open up to him. I'm afraid to open my heart to him. I'm afraid to open my mind. I mean, if I let God speak to me, I might become one of those religious fanatics. I might become one of those nuts on TV. And have to wear the big hair. (laughs) Or wear shiny leisure suits. And get on TV and say all kind of weird stuff. I mean, maybe God will make me like some of those loony religious nuts. I don't want to be, I don't want my friends to see me as a religious nut. So I don't want to let God speak to me because he might call me to be a nut. (laughs) And then some people don't want to talk to God because they think God's going to go, you can't live like that. And they want to keep living like they're living. Can y'all, did my mic go out? Can y'all hear me? They're afraid they're going to lose uh, their freedom. They're afraid they're going to lose their fun, their fulfillment in life. So no thanks, God. I think uh, the least I know about you, the better off I'm going to be. And that's pride. That's bad soil. That's fear of what God will say. The final one is bitterness. Bitterness will make you have a hard heart. Whenever you've been hurt and you hold on to hurtful memories, it will cause you to get hard and crusty. Some of you have been treated unfairly. Some of you, injustice has been done to you. I know some of you, I know some of your situations and and horrible injustices have been done to you. And I'm amazed at people who are able to forgive things that are much worse than other things I see people have had happen to them and they won't forgive it. They won't let it go. We start saying things like, God, why'd you allow this to happen to me? I mean, come on, God, where were you? If you're such a great, loving, and powerful God, why did this happen to me? You know why it happened? Because we're not in heaven yet. We're still here. People do wrong things. As a matter of fact, people are free to do wrong things. And when people do wrong things, innocent people suffer. It's just how it is. What you do with the hurt will determine whether you become a better person or a bitter person. And a bitter life is a wasted life. What we have the tendency to do is say, they hurt me. So I'm going to close myself off. Some of you have done that consciously, strategically, and some of you have done that and you don't even know you've done it. You did it subconsciously. You close yourself off. You build up these walls because you're not going to get hurt again. You hide yourself in a shell. As a matter of fact, some of us, because of bad things that have happened to us, bad relationships, We have kept ourselves from having some wonderful, nurturing relationships that God wanted us to have, but we were so afraid that what happened before would happen again that we would not allow it. And I'm not gonna let anybody get close to me. As a matter of fact, I'm only gonna get so close to God because I mean God let that thing happen. So I don't really even know if I can trust him. And we start blaming God for things other people did to us. And as a result, our mind closes. And I want to say two things to hurt people here today. And the first thing I say is going to sound like I am uh, plagiarizing. I, I'm, um, uh, that's the wrong word. Uh, that I'm, um, I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of. but but you're going to think I'm just playing up to you. What's the word I'm looking for? Say it again. Yes, patronize. Give that young lady a hand right there. Amen. (laughs) One thing about Pastor Farrell, if he can't think of the word, he'll ask for it. Amen. (laughs) Patronizing. You're brilliant. Um, After service, come up here. I'm going to give you this CD right here. I'm serious. Come up here and get it. I know some of y'all are sitting out there going, man, I'd love to help you with some words. (laughs) Um, uh, And I don't even want a CD. I just want to get you some help on some words. So the first thing I'm going to say to those of you who are hurt is going to sound like I'm patronizing. It's going to sound like I'm just saying it to make you feel better. But I want to say something to you. And And God knows my heart. God knows my heart when I say this. I am so... Sorry you got hurt. I'm telling you, I am so sorry you got hurt. I mean that. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I'm sorry you're hurting. I want you to understand God hurts with you god hurts with you he weeps with you he understands the pain you've gone through i was at a funeral one time of a woman who said where was god when my son died and it came to me just like that he is the same place he was when his son died God has not promised to exempt us from pain. Nowhere in the Bible. You say, well, I heard a preacher say on TV, if I could get my faith up here, that's bad theology right there. That's bad teaching. I don't care how deep you get in God. I don't care how high your faith level goes. You're never gonna isolate yourself from the sinful nature of this world we live in. Righteous people suffer. Righteous people suffer. God's not promised to exempt you. I'm sorry you hurt. God is sorry you hurt and He hurts with you. Here's the second thing I want to say to you when you're in pain and when you're hurt, do not run from God. Run. To God. Don't run from God. I know you're hurting. I know you're angry. I know bitterness is creeping in. Hear the word of the Lord today. Don't run from God. Don't be angry with God. Run to God. He's the only one who can help you. He's the only one who can comfort you. He is the only one who can put his arms around you and care for you. He is the only one who can make any difference in your life. He is the only one, the only one, the only one who can bring healing to that hurt place. He's the only one who can heal your emotions, your body, your past. Nobody else can do it. When you run from God, you're running from the only person who can help you. Don't turn from him, turn to him in your moment of crisis. Turn to him in your hurt. Instead of holding on to it, let it go and run to him. And never allow another human being or some experience in your life to block you and make your heart hard and crusty so you can't hear him. He wants to talk to you. He wants to speak to you. Don't let pride make your heart hard. Don't let fear make your heart hard. Don't let a wound, an injustice that causes bitterness, to make your heart hard. The tragedy of the hard, compacted path is that it's a barren place. In the garden, that path, that hard, crusty path that is compacted and narrow, is barren. There is no fruit there. There is no life there. It is a dead place. And this is why the Lord would speak to you today and say, don't go there. Nothing grows there. A bitter, hard-hearted life is a wasted life. Jesus says, when the word that I would speak falls on a heart like that, the birds come and take it away. Look what it says, let's back up. Guys, can we back up to that last scripture that I gave you, I don't know what slide that is. It's uh, Luke, um, Luke 4, 8, 12. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Look what it says. Those along the path on what heart are like people who hear the word and then the devil and he uses birds in the, in the other illustration the devil comes along and takes away the word from their heart. And Satan has a reason that he doesn't want you to hear because he doesn't want you to believe and he doesn't want you to be saved. Don't fall in that trap. Don't fall in that trap. Final scripture, final scripture. Let's go to James 1, 21. Get rid of all the moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent would y'all agree with that? Would y'all agree that moral filth and evil is prevalent in our day? The Bible says as followers of Jesus, get that out of your life and humbly what? Accept what? The word planted in you, which can? James one let Let's all stand together. We just walk up here this morning. Everybody just walk up here. Just walk up. Let's close in the altar today.